2: and welcome to the Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman, and we extend a warm hello to all who are listening on WNDZ 750 AM here in Chicago, and all who are watching our live stream on YouTube and Facebook at Catholic Chicago. In our work at Catholic Charities, we often keep in mind the administrators and employees who came before us. We do our best to fulfill the mission of Catholic Charities just like they did in the past. We also think about the many saints over the centuries who dedicated their lives to serving the poor, the lonely, the hungry, the homeless, and anyone who is suffering in places all over the world. Now that Lent has started, we're excited today to welcome Father Jerry Kelly, Chaplain of Catholic Charities, to The Voice of Charity to discuss some of those saints who continue to inspire us today. If you are looking for ways to deepen your faith or extend yourself to others in kindness this Lent, these saints are phenomenal examples and sources of encouragement to follow. Welcome, Father Kelly.
0: Hey, Katie. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be with you again.
2: So glad you're here with us again today. Um, there, you know, as we discussed, there's so many saints who, are, who remind us that a Christian life is a life in which you're always open to trying to help other people in need. Can we talk about some of the saints who've been these amazing examples for us? Uh, for starters, how about uh, St. Francis of Assisi? Uh, he was he lived from 1181 to 1226. Um, he was an Italian Catholic friar, deacon and mystic, who founded the Men's Order of Friars and the Women's Order of St. Clair, and the Third Order of St. Francis. Um, St. Francis of Assisi, as we know, is also associated with animals and with nature, and he's one of the most revered figures in Christianity he's quite an example of to follow, isn't
0: he? Oh, it certainly is. Yeah, I think, first of all, I think the saints are people, I think if we read any of their lives, there's comes a point in their lives where they realize that God loves them, that God loves them. Uh, Many of them went through the turmoil, everybody does, but the great realization that God loves them and that what they're called to, and that's holiness, loving God, loving our neighbor and St. Francis of Assisi. You know, he's the church has been around for a thousand years, and there's never been the good old days. You know, since uh, Judas got up from the table and left, there's never been a time where we can say the good old days. But there's always been the communion of saints, and uh, those who are people we walk with now, as we walk, hopefully, with saints who are living around us and our churches and where we work, where we live. Uh, but St. Francis, you know. he he built, he he started something new. Uh, The church was, well, he had had a a revelation to him. Uh, Francis, renew my house. Francis, renew my house. Rebuild my house. And uh, there's no reason why Francis was able to do what he did. But by God's grace, uh, we know about the Franciscans. I mean, within 10 years, he, he built this little hut out in the middle of the forest and I don't know if this happened, like somebody's stuck their head and I asked him what he was doing, then we have Franciscans, you know, maybe a simplistic way of talking about it, but uh, just within a decade, they're all over the world. I mean, they started going to Portugal, to Spain, to Morocco, all those various places, so uh, yeah, St. Francis, we're talking about, and that's miraculous.
2: It really is. And and I can't help but, uh, you know, take a serious note of what you said at the top of the show, Father Kelly, that whole idea that these saints knew that God loved them. And so maybe that's a, right there. It's a powerful thing for us all to reflect on that, that if we, you know, embrace that idea ourselves, you know, who knows what, God, how, what work God can do through each of us as well. Am I right?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because that's at the heart of it. I think for like uh... I'm a, a member of a priest of the congregation of the mission st vincent de paul founded our, our community and uh i know he and st louis de Marriac are associated uh st francis de sales had an influence in their lives you have all these it's almost like a galaxy of saints that come out in different periods of time and we, it doesn't mean i mean I, I believe my parents are saints my grandparents I and mean, we we live with saints but uh, if we're lucky, we can be a saint and not have God put a spotlight on us. Uh, but it seems like the saints that we call saints by title, God puts a spotlight on them to show the world and, and remind the church what it looks like to be a disciple. And, uh, but both, I know Vincent and Louise of St. Louise de Marriac would have what you call a Pentecost moment and, uh, where she realized that God loved her and, uh, the Daughters of Charity, all that came St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, he would say that nothing was ever his idea. He would show up someplace, God would give him an idea, words would come out of his mouth, and you have the Ladies of Charity, you have the Daughters of Charity, the Congregation of the Mission. Um, so, it, but there are people who believe that that God was with them and directing them, and uh, and and you know they were all weren't always certain. You know they 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 tested and, and had trials and all of that. But, um, I think that's, that's the thing. And I, but anyway, but, th- th- but they knew that, uh, their love directed towards God and the love back to them from God was an invitation to go out and share that with other people as they could. So,
2: the partnership among St. Vincent de Paul and St. Louis de Marillac is quite inspiring. Fa- St. Vincent de Paul lived from 1581 to 1660, and St. Louis de Marillac was 1591 to 1660. So they both died mm-hmm. in the same year, um, but oh my goodness, what they accomplished together in their partnership that was all focused on serving the poor and the homeless and the people around them. Um, I have a couple quotes here that. Uh, Just, you know, completely, you know, expand on what you just said. St. Vincent de Paul, uh, one of his most beautiful quotes is, go to the poor and you will find God, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, right. right. And St.
2: Louise de Marillac, she said, be diligent in serving the poor, love the poor, honor them, my children, as you would honor Christ himself. And I sort of think that the different saints we're talking about today, that's another theme, isn't it, Father Kelly, that they all went out of their way to try to see Christ in the people that they were serving, right?
0: I think so. You know, and there was a, uh, we're familiar with the devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. And that began to, you know, formulate, I mean, it's always was around in, in, in the mind of the church, Uh but I'm thinking like St. Francis de Sales, there's a St. John Hughes who really promoted the sacred heart of Jesus. Uh, uh, St. Louis de mariac would call it the sacred humanity of Jesus. You know, I don't know if St. Vincent de Paul would use that same phrase or not, but, uh, you know, it goes back to St. Paul. You know, we, he when it, when uh, when Jesus says to him on the road, why do you persecute me? Uh, Paul could have rightly said, oh, I'm not persecuting you. But, I mean, they didn't have that conversation, but Paul had to understand that I must be persecuting Jesus if I'm persecuting his disciples. And so that's where he developed the notion of the body of Christ present in the world as Jesus. And so the people we live with are Christ present to us, around us, and uh, especially in those who are in need. And uh, St. Vincent de Paul, you know, when he, his, life changed when he preached to the poor it was it was like uh, january 25th 1617 for a cold like it would be anywhere in europe or the united states anywhere on that day and he he gave a sermon on the need for people to do a confession over their whole lives and it he said he would say the lord must have blessed my words it took two weeks for him to hear the confessions and out of that is where my community developed uh, it rose um so it's that sacred him sa- going out and these people have a right to to know that god loves them they have a right to have the gospel proclaimed in them they have a right to receive the sacraments and experience that flow of god's love within them and and turn them share it with other people um so all of it works together that the sacred humanity of christ the sacred heart of jesus all of those uh, devotional awarenesses, they they—they they tell us to go out to our neighbor, because if I want to prove, you know, I don't, maybe that's the wrong word, but if I want to show the Lord my love for him, then I have to be kind to my neighbor, and it's challenging. Uh, I know, I'm, uh, you know, I think Vincent paul he didn't write down a lot of his spirituality. It, he wrote so many letters. He wrote, he gave so many sermons throughout the course of his life that out of that, you compile an awareness of, uh, but uh, he had a simplicity, humility, a zeal about him. More of a lot of these things didn't come natural to him, but uh, out of that is is how he operated. And Tony. Uh, so
2: no, that's a beautiful story too about Saint Vincent de Paul. Um, that his community arose out of this group of folks that that he administered the sacrament of confession to. It's just such a reminder of what an important sacrament that is, and what a cleansing sacrament that is. That we're all flawed, we're you know all sinners, um, but that through that sacrament you can be brought back to closer to Christ oh, yeah. again. And that and that the Saint Vincent de Paul Society, which is in so many parishes, so many dioceses around the world, still today very. Very prominent society of Saint Vincent de Paul that offers assistance to people in very quiet but significant ways. That's such a beautiful story that it all emerged, you know, from Saint Vincent hearing confessions. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Oh, sure. I, I think it's it's good for us because many of the there's a variety of saints who have a variety of experiences. Uh, I would wager most of us don't have a white light experience. Maybe at the end of our of our lives we do, but. St. Paul had that white light experience. Francis had a number of them, uh, but Vincent de Paul didn't. You know, his was in the sacraments. He his life changed uh, in administering the sacraments to, to those who needed them, and uh, it's it's a way that all of us have access to what is holy uh, by you know by what Jesus has left us. You know, all of it flows. All of it flows from the cross. Jesus' is life, his death, his resurrection. Uh, all good comes from Jesus. All miracles, all of those things, is is from the Lord. Uh, but these different saints, you know, we 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 ask, we pray to them, and ask them to pray for us. And my awareness is that God answers prayers, letting us know that they are that we that we are walking with uh, with saints. We are walking with with the disciples who have gone before us. They're not dead. They are living with the Lord and. So that's why we acknowledge the saints and we, you know, we, we tend to be like the people we keep company with, you know, so there's certainly good people to, uh, to keep company with. And the other thing I think I'm not, there are occasions that, you know, as as followers, we can maybe think in my own, am I in my own little world? You know, you look around what's going on throughout the world and all that, but I think the saints tell us, no, this is the big world. Our life with God, our life with the Lord, our life with the saints, and all that—that's the real big world. And the rest of it is what's small. Um, our life with God and the saints and all that, as a as a disciple, they open up the universe to us and make us aware of uh, more than just what's in front of us right here and now. So.
2: What beautiful, hey, just saw what beautiful thoughts to think about this Lent, uh, Father. Um, one, one other saint uh, I just wanted to share uh, and ask your thoughts on is St. Martin de Porres um, lived from 1579 to 1639. He was a sure. Peruvian lay brother of the Dominican order. He's the patron saint of mixed race people, barbers, innkeepers, oh, yes. public health workers, and all those seeking racial harmony. Um, He was noted for his work on behalf of the poor, especially an orphanage and a children's hospital. And he just has a great uh, quote I just wanted to ask your reflection on. He said, compassion, my dear brothers, is preferable to cleanliness. Reflect that with a little soap I can easily clean my bed covers, but even with a torrent of tears, I would never wash from my soul the stain that my harshness toward the unfortunate would create. What a beautiful thought about about really stopping everything and making sure that you're kind, offering kindness uh, and compassion to every person you meet. Am I right?
0: Oh, sure. And, and that goes and for him specifically. I mean, being a mixed-race uh in you know in and age. I mean, there's uh the racism, the uh the prejudice, all that goes that people have had to, he but he would have gotten it from everybody. And uh you read something like that. I, he had to have gone through the ringer himself, and uh, again, God's grace working within him allows him to be, you know, a doctor. Uh, he he knew how to take care of people and care of them uh, no matter no matter what. And it's certainly an example for us to 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 walk through. If I, you know, the times we feel slighted, you know, do I respond with love? Do I respond with hate? Uh, do I, do I hit back, do I stop, do I, do I react with compassion? Uh, do I, you know, do I do what I can do? I, I we don't know how to do everything. We, we, don't, I don't know how to do surgery. I don't know how to uh, be a doctor or all that, but I can give people my time and I can give people what, what, what I have that can be of help. And I certainly Martin, Martin in, a, in his time. He witnessed Christ in a way that we're still talking about. And uh, any of these these people, they did it in a way that people could never forget it.
2: Beautifully said, Father. Uh, We're gonna take a quick break here on the Voice of Charity. And when we return, we're gonna continue our discussion with Father Jerry Kelly about saints who inspire our work at Catholic Charities. Please stay tuned.
0: All right, okay.
1: At Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is to to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope, too. and it's. It, sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959.
3: Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful, life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today.
2: Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedemann, and it's my great pleasure today to be here with Father Jerry Kelly, who is the chaplain of Catholic Charities. We're talking about some marvelous saints through the years uh, who inspire our work at Catholic Charities because they devoted so much of their own lives to service of others, service of the poor, the homeless, really anyone who is suffering and in need in places all over the world. And so we're sharing some of these saints' lives and some of their quotes with the hope that they offer inspiration to everyone at Catholic Charities about the importance of our work, but also all who are uh, practicing, you know, uh, uh, more kindness and generosity as a Lenten practice this year, now that Lent has started. Um, Father Jerry, before the break, we were talking about St. Vincent de Paul, St. Louise de Marillac. Another inspiring saint is St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, uh, who lived from 1774 to 1821. She's the first American-born saint, um, and she started the Daughters of Charity um, in Emmitsburg, Maryland, um, but she, also um, was is considered by many to be um the foundress of catholic education in the united states um right. and she's got a wonderful quote for anybody who's struggling or, or wanting to um give greater compassion to people in need she says afflictions are the steps to heaven isn't that a, a beautiful quote to reflect on
0: oh it certainly is it should, certainly would have had it um she was uh, a mother uh, she her her husband died she uh the desire to bring the daughters of charity to the united states in the french revolution the effects were still there so the daughters of charity couldn't come here so she found their rule and she founded the sisters of charity and who have the same role as the daughters of charity now i have to go and look up the difference between the two of them i have to ask them sometimes now what is the difference between the two of you <laughs> and uh and you know but but but, but they they the, the the Catholic school system certainly goes back to her. And I mean it was her idea that we were called to be uh faithful Catholics, we're called to be good Americans. And I think if we're gonna do both of them, she thought we needed a school system where we could acknowledge ourselves as Catholics and also as Americans. You know, the loyalty that calls forth from from both of them, that one isn't in conflict with the other. And uh Certainly ecumenical efforts nowadays, uh, there's certainly been inroads of people understanding each other in better ways, but there's certainly a delineation between the various faiths back then, and uh, uh, some of it antagonistic, you know, in, in both ways, going back and forth. But uh, there was a way for to make sure that uh, the faith could be handed on in a way that was authentic and at the same time uh, claim that we are Americans as much as anybody else. That was we need somebody to do that again. <laughs> you know, we you know, we, we really need that. I mean it Catholic yeah, schools are going great and they do phenomenal work. Uh, but we always need people like St. Elizabeth Van Seton to to call it to call us uh, you know, to 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 live to live a better life. And,
2: and another saint who was very active in um, education around the United States is Sister uh, St. Catherine Drexel. She lived from 1858 to 1955. Um, like um, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, um, she was among you know, the first uh, saints uh, uh, and the first one, first, excuse me, second person born in, the, in what is now the United States to be canonized as a saint and the first one born as a U.S. citizen. Um, which uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was not. Um, and so Sister St. Catherine Drexel um, founded dozens of schools around the country. And she's also noted um, for being instrumental in making sure that uh, a black population was educated during segregation. She's such an inspiration that she made sure that the uh, black schools were, were uh, exceptional in that time, terrible time of segregation. And so she's noted for that today um, and revered in Christianity?
0: Certainly later, you know, it's almost like she, she followed the, uh, she she came from wealth. She came from the Drexel uh, family. She had, she gave, you know, the, the encouragement, go sell all you have, give to the poor and come follow me. You will have treasure in heaven. She she did that. I mean, with, without reserve, uh, the fortune that she had, she spent on and on, the, on the people she served. And it's certainly uh you know, called forth in a, in a time where, uh you know, the prejudices were deep, the biases were deep, uh, racism. She broke through those barriers and uh, and and brought Christ with her, and she and encountered Christ there. And that's, I think, all these saints who who go, who, you know, they have a deep prayer life, but they go out there. It's like a tennis match, you know. They they go to God, and God sends them to those who are in need, those who are, uh, are our, our, our want. And, and, and then those who are in need send us back to God. I think Vincent de Paul, Catherine Drexel, Elizabeth Ann Seton, Louise de Merrick, all of them. It's like they go to God, God sends them to the poor, the poor send them back to God. They go back and forth. And out of all of that, you, you, there is a hope, you know, our faith gives us a reason to hope and love fuels that. And they, they all interact with each other. Uh, but, uh, But someone like St. Catherine Laboree, not just, I mean, the physical needs that we meet are are tremendous, but the spiritual needs. Everyone has the same right that you and I do to know who God is, to know their God, to know that God loves them, and and to experience the freedom that that brings.
2: and one other saint that you um, you talked earlier about the obstacles that each of these saints had in their own life to overco- overcome that and live this life of holiness, uh, I think we also have to include Venerable Augustus Tolton, who lived from 1854 to 1897. He's the first Black Catholic priest in the U.S., he was born into slavery in Missouri and crossed over with his family in Illinois. He went to Catholic school and became a priest. Boy, is he an example of overcoming oh, wow, wow, wow. hardships uh, and devoting your life to God. Am I right?
0: It really is. I mean, they have to go on a boat to Europe and study there. You know, there weren't any seminaries that would let him in. Probably. I mean, it just shows uh the church is always in need of, of exam. Look. Christ, Jesus when we talk about the church being holy or perfect Jesus is the one who is holy and it's members we, we're, we're in need of his help to help us and uh, somebody like father tolton um boy I mean when I'm having a bad day or I'm tired I, I can't imagine how he he went around as a priest uh, the abuse he had to have taken and the insults and all of that and he, did, he made an inroad and an impact. To where we're talking about, it. and uh, the valor, valor, and the here, know Bishop Perry promotes his cause for his canonization. And uh, you know, uh, I'm sure, he, I'm sure, if, you, if we go on the website and look at some of the things that Bishop Perry has spoken about, uh, Father Tolton, uh, he would certainly help us on a, on a day where we want to just sit down and maybe just do nothing to get up and get up and go, you know? at least to get up and go and do whatever it is that we we can do.
2: You're so right, Father Kelly. He's a tremendous example and someone we could all uh, benefit from just learning more about the life that he lived. Um, in the short time we have left, I, you know, just have to mention um, St. Teresa of Calcutta, uh, St. Oh, yeah. Pope John Paul II um, as, as tremendous examples of people. Uh, that was another wonderful friendship, right? Like, like St. Vincent de Paul and St. Louise de Marillac. Um, oh, do you have sure. a favorite story or a favorite quote from either one of them?
0: Well, you know, I same asked some Mother Teresa's sisters here in Chicago and uh, something, I mean, there's so much about her you're going, but I, I, since it's Lent, uh, we're, we're, we're in, I, I, I asked them once, I, without being a smart aleck, I asked them, how did the, how did Ash Wednesday look any different than the Tuesday before it from Mother Teresa? I mean, I couldn't see. And, uh, after Mass, one of the sisters came back and she says, Mother always said, a fast of the will is the greatest fast. You know, I mean, something like that. It's, it's, I don't know if that's written anywhere, but it's it's what Sister Kateri told me. And uh, St. John Paul II, do not be afraid. I, I can remember, he was uh, named uh, Time Magazine uh, Person of the Year. And the person that did the article on him uh, wrote it up. I, I, I don't know if she was... I, she may have been catholic i don't know if she was or not but but she she says her uh to two things that she came to be aware of in his presence like he that the, he was absolutely without fear and that everything he did he did because he believed it was what jesus wanted him to do i mean that's that is a powerful thing to and and she wrote this big long article but that's some from from somebody who you know had some objectivity about it, and uh, I, was, you know, I don't want to venture out, but I, I had the honor of, of saying Mass with John Paul II in his uh, chapel, and he certainly had a presence. You know, was it because he's the Pope or because he's a saint? It's all of it. All I know is I felt comfortable in his presence, and uh, I was I was asked to read the Gospel when I went in. Oh, wow. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't nervous. There was something about him that made you feel comfortable. And so I know people. The people's theologies are all over the place. But when I came to him, down, I just think he's a nice man. Oh he's a very face. kind man. And it's like uh, I can see, and I and I saw people interacting with him afterwards, and uh, it, it just seemed like somebody would want to have a cup of coffee with. <laughs> so, so I think that the saints are. We, I imagine in heaven, they don't don't all agree with each other, but they agree about loving God and loving their neighbor. And the debates are how you do that. <laughs> you know, You've so, given us so, so many
2: wonderful things so, to think so, about right. and reflect on, Father Kelly. We're so grateful for you being on the show today, and we could talk for an hour. So hope you will come back, and we'll continue yeah, yeah. this conversation. Um, we also just okay. want to share that our own Pope Francis and our own Cardinal Supic speak so beautifully about service to the poor and the work of Catholic charities. So we invite you and, and encourage you to uh, look about, look up more about their readings and their homilies um, in service to people in need. Again, we thank you so much. Uh, Father Kelly for being on the show, and we invite you all back again next week for another edition of The Voice of Charity. For now, this is Katie Breedemann, and we thank you so much for tuning in and believing in the mission of Catholic Charities.